The Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Corinth these words. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, took bread, and when he given thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this is the cup. This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So then, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. Now, typically in a service like this, we read most of those verses, but not all of those verses. Because when you get to the end, for some of you, it makes you wonder, what exactly is he talking about here? Examine yourselves. If I could put it in more modern vernacular, it might be this. Think about what it is you're doing. When you come to the table, when you take the bread, when you take the cup, think about what you're doing. Now, that's an expression that you may use uh, with a child who is uh, trying to struggle with a math problem. And you tell them, hey, just think about what you're doing. You, you, you've been here. You've, you've been through problems like this. Think about what you're doing. It might be that first time you hand the keys to a teenager and they go out driving (laughs) that you want to remind them, hey, now when you get this, when you get behind the wheel, think about what you're doing. It's the kind of reminder that we would give to uh, a young adult who's making a big decision, where to go to college, what job to take, whether or not to propose marriage. Think about what you're doing. But oftentimes when we come to this table, we don't do that. We don't stop and take a moment to think about what we're doing. And this morning, I want us to do that because I think it's important that the Lord's Supper not simply be a ritual for us. Now, I will admit it is a ritual. A ritual is defined, I even looked it up, a ritual is defined as a religious ceremony consisting of a series of actions performed according to a prescribed order. And so, Technically, by definition, what we're doing is a ritual. But folks, it is so much more than a ritual, something that we repeat. What we do is important, but we need to know why we're doing it. What does this mean? What is this significance in my life and in the life of the church? And as we take a look at this, if, if we'd read, if we'd started a little earlier in this letter, it's kind of interesting because Paul is actually giving these instructions because of abuse that's taking place when the Lord's Supper is being shared in, when communion is being shared in. Now, they did it a little differently than we do it. We have it here as part of our morning worship service, but um, they would actually get together, perhaps even every night of the week, and have a, a love feast they would have a, what we would call a fellowship meal, a covered dish. 
and they would bring their meal and they would eat together. And as part of that eating, as part of that, that meal, that communal meal, they would take a portion of that time to designate the bread and the cup and to remember what Jesus had done for them. And so when Paul says, hey, listen, examine yourself, what he's saying is, seriously think about what you're doing. Because what they were doing was the, probably the more wealthy, the people who didn't have the jobs that took them out all day until sunset, they would come and they would bring their food. But Paul says, but you don't wait on anybody. You don't, you don't stop. You, you, you go ahead and eat. And as a matter of fact, you go ahead and eat all of it. So that when the poor come in, when the people come out of the fields and they come to eat, there's very little left. I mean, you, you tear through the Krispy Kreme donuts. You, you eat all the, you know, the cookies and, and go through the bluebell ice cream and you get all through that and all you leave them is fruitcake. Now, it's not just the what, it's the why, because they're forgetting what communion is about. And I want us to understand this this morning. We need to understand not only what these elements mean, but why it's called communion. And so let's take a few minutes to think about this this morning. In a few minutes, you're going to get a tray. It's going to have unleavened bread in it. It is a tangible reminder of the body of Jesus. Why is that significant? Because Jesus actually came in body form. God came to us as a child. It's what we celebrate at Christmas time. He was not a ghost. He was not some ethereal spirit that just appeared to be there. Mary could pick him up and hold her, hold him in her arms. As a child, he ran out and when he played, when he threw a ball or, or whatever activity, whatever recreational thing that they were doing, it was real. You didn't throw a ball to Jesus and it just go through him because he wasn't there. He was here with us in the flesh. That's what incarnation means. He was, he was God in a body. But that means... He could do something that no one else could do. Because he was fully God and fully man, he could suffer for us. Be crucified and buried for us. And when he rose, guess what? He rose with a body. Again, he wasn't a a ghost, he wasn't a spirit. Now, his body did things your body and mine can't do, but he had a body. He told, he told Timothy, come and touch me. Touch the wound in my hand. Place your hand in my side where the spear was thrust through. He actually ate with his disciples, showing them again he wasn't a ghost. He was real. And because of who he was, he did something for us that we could not do for ourselves. Die for us and rise for us that we might live with him 
you will get a cup. And Jesus said, this cup, it is, it's here to remind you of a new covenant that's in my blood. Now that's kind of scary. We don't often like to think about blood. Blood belongs in horror movies. Blood is a bad thing. A child comes in and there is blood. Something has gone wrong. But Jesus came willingly to shed his blood. Blood was splattered when his back was ripped to shreds by the Roman whip. Blood ran down his face as a crown of thorns was rudely thrust into his brow. Blood ran as his hands and his feet were pierced with nails. Blood poured from his side as the Roman guard thrust the spear through it. Why all the blood? Because Jesus is the Lamb of God slain before the foundation of the earth. He is our Passover Lamb. His blood poured out for us. And so as you take the bread, feel it. It's tangible. A real Jesus, a real resurrection, and a real promise for us. As you take the cup, look at the redness of that juice and let it be a reminder to you of who Jesus is and what he did for you. And think about what you're doing. Stop and think about what you're doing because of what Jesus did for us. We have communion with God. Let me give you another word for communion because communion, oh, that's just a service. That's just something we put, a label we put on things. Let me tell you what communion really is with God. It is intimacy with God. It is oneness with God. Intimacy with God is not something that is earned. It is not something that is manufactured. Intimacy with God is an invitation from God to come to me. I have opened up the throne room of heaven. Come to me. Many of you know that intimacy with God. You know that communion. And I pray when you take these elements, it will be for you a meaningful time of remembrance. But for some of you, you have to admit, you know what, if I, had, if I had to answer the question, do I have communion with God, do I have intimacy with God, I would have to say no. I'm not there. I've never received his son as savior. I, I don't fit within this whole scheme of being a, a Christian. I, I can call myself that, but I don't really know the reality of it. And, and I just want to let you know, this bread and this cup, it's, it's given for us who believe. If you're not there yet, it's okay to let it pass. There's no shame in letting it pass. But my prayer for you is this, that when we come together and share it again, that you might be able to place that bread between your fingers and put that cup in your hand and say, this is Jesus' body This is his blood given for me. It's for me.
there's one other aspect of communion that I would be remiss if I didn't bring it up. And I think we need, we need to hear this. Communion is something we do. You could, you could go to the grocery store and you can buy this bread. You can go and buy Welch's grape juice. And you can sit at home and you can eat bread and you can drink the juice. And you can say, woohoo, I'm having communion. But there's something missing. This is given for us. Not just for me. It's not just me and God against the world. I'm part of God's family. We belong together. We belong to one another. It was given for us to share. Our communion is not simply with God. Our communion with his, is with each other. We have entered into a relationship where you are my brothers and sisters in Christ and I am your brother. We belong together. It's something we do. It's something we celebrate together. And each one of us is so different. We have our distinctives. We have our preferences. We have our personalities. They are so different. And yet, despite all of our differences, there is one thing that binds us together. And that is the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And so, as our elders prepare to come and to serve the Lord's Supper, our elders and yoke fellows, as they prepare to do that, let us prepare our hearts. Let us prepare to receive the bread and to receive the cup and let us genuinely think about what it is we're doing. Would you pray with me? Father God, we come now. We come to share in this meal. We come to remember. We come to commune with you and with one another. Let real intimacy be part of this moment. In Jesus' name, amen.